Over the course of today's three sermons, I am offering three different but interdependent meditations on the life and martyrdom of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. The Southern freedom movement that shaped him, the story of the prophet Samuel's divine calling and challenge, and how these stories can inform and strengthen every baptized person's skills in contemplation, which is the prayerful act of listening to God and social action. That's a lot to do in eight minutes, isn't it? Thank God we have 24 over the course of today. First, Samuel's challenge is intergenerational. At the 1030 service, we'll say that Samuel's challenge is one of imagination, and at the wilderness, Samuel's challenge is one that is incarnational. But at 8 o'clock, Samuel's challenge is intergenerational. While messages from the God of Israel had been abundant in generations past, we meet Samuel and his mentor Eli at a time when the word of the Lord was rare and visions were not widespread. This presents a challenge for the boy Samuel because he's picking up the divine voice, but the radio frequency is weak. And for a more contemporary crowd, his Wi-Fi signal has one bar. <laughs> but this does not prevent God from speaking, from saying Samuel's name, from interrupting an era of scarcity with a fresh and enlivening word from heaven. Samuel's challenge is intergenerational because in hearing these fractals of revelation, he needs the guidance and input of a wise mentor, a person born at a time when a word from the Lord was as commonly plentiful as ripe pomegranates between October and March. Samuel, Samuel the young boy hears under the cover of night. He runs to Eli, his mentor, and says, here I am, you called me. I did not call, lie down again. As this is taking place, Eli knows that Samuel is hearing God's voice, that the rarity of prophetic visions and voices is thawing, and Eli remembers his own experience of hearing God's voice and uses it as an opportunity not to rush the moment, but help the budding prophet learn, lean into the deep listening required in life with God. Martin Luther King Jr., raised in an intergenerational household, no doubt heard stories from the mouth of his maternal grandmother, Jenny Celeste Williams, who attended Spelman Seminary and married at age 26, old for that time. Lessons that guided his countercultural vision of a nation living out of its potential, not prejudicial impulses. A pastor's wife 
and a daughter of formerly enslaved people, Jenny Williams was a bridge from another century for Martin Luther King Jr. In partnership with her husband, the Reverend A.D. Williams, they led and nourished the people of Atlanta's Ebenezer Baptist Church for a quarter of a century, marrying social action and contemplation in the early 20th century. For Jenny and A.D., their black Christian faith guided them to organize the Georgia Equal Rights League and their local branch of the then nascent NAACP. For Mama, as Dr. King and his siblings called their grandmother, the difference between her personal faith and human rights, especially as it pertained to black liberation, was nothing. There was no difference. And this seamless vision was inherited by her middle grandson. Each of us is aware that advanced age does not necessarily equal advanced wisdom. Wisdom, discernment, contemplation, and prayer all take a lifetime of practice. And it is this lifetime of spiritual exercising that alerted Eli to what Samuel was experiencing. The Lord calls Samuel a third time, and he's given advice by Eli that will change the course of his life forever. Go lie down, and if the God of Israel calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Eli shares this sagely nugget based on his own experience of listening for God's voice. Listening in the Christian prayer tradition is active. It is the active quieting of noise. Voices which say we are undeserving of dignity, humanity, and love, or that Others are undeserving of dignity, humanity, and love based on white supremacy, classism, sexism, and other barriers to flourishing. So that the divine voice, we quiet all those voices, so that the divine voice, the one which Moses hears in the burning bush, and which Hannah, Samuel's mother, heard amidst a prolonged season of despair, can be heard and acted upon by the power of the Holy Spirit. Intergenerational churches and families and communities thrive when wise older members encourage younger members when they have their own experiences of God. Younger members or new members' experiences of faith will not perfectly match those of an older generation. And that is the nature of tradition, isn't it? 
to echo Dr. James Farwell of Virginia Seminary, tradition is always a passing on and a betrayal, which means that Dr. King's activism and preaching and protesting and holy troublemaking, while inherited from Mama Jenny, was not a reproduction or a facsimile of hers. His time, while plagued by challenges similar to his grandmother's, had its unique twists and turns and thus demands. But without the foundation laid by Mama Jenny's guidance and Eli's gentle, patient prodding, both the prophets Martin and Samuel would be unprepared to identify God's voice when they heard it. St. John's Cathedral in particular, and churches in general, are strongest when people fresh out of the womb and people preparing for the tomb and everyone in between are in relationship with one another. It takes humility to listen to one another and learn from one another as we, as we hear God call our own voices in the middle of the night. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.